Hey everybody, uh, Skip here again for another episode of Finding Meaning. I uh, want to thank you for listening uh, and uh, we're going to go down sort of a, a little rabbit hole here today. We're going to get a little uh, philosophical, uh, hopefully a little uh, challenging to all of our intellect because I, I want to talk about how the world functions and about how we have ended up in a place where we are dysfunctional. Now, I don't mean to sound judgmental or harsh, but I think that if you're listening to this podcast, you have probably figured out that the world is indeed uh, very much right now, this is June 13th, 2020, very much in a dysfunctional place. Uh, not a political statement, just a statement of fact. And I want to go uh, sort of deep into why, why this might be true. Uh, even just sort of beyond recent political developments or recent uh, things that have transpired, I want to go into sort of the root of how we have ended up where we're at. Now, you don't have to believe this. You don't have to buy into it. I'm not here to sell you a bill of goods. I'm not here to try to convince you that my way of thinking is the right way of thinking uh, I don't believe in doing that. You can take it, you can leave it, you can adapt part of it. All I'm asking you to do is think. That is really why I do this. The biggest compliment you can ever give me is you've made me think. Because I think that's our ticket, at least the beginning ticket, to finding some meaning in our life. To employ our intellect, to think about what we're doing, where we're at, and where we may go as individuals and as a society. So why are we the way we are? Why is our society the way it is? Why, why do we live out of division and derision? Why do we uh, seem to end up in the same place constantly, dealing with the same issues, uh, classism, racism, sexism, uh, you know, uh, religious sort of uh, fundamentalism? Why do we keep ending up in, in these same places? Why can't we get out of what appears to me anyway to be a rut that we humans are kind of stuck in? We keep revisiting over and over again the same things, the same situations, the same dynamics in human life. I'm going to open the shade to my window here. That's what you're hearing. So I can see the flowers outside as I speak to you. Um, there's lots of theories about why we can't move into the next paradigm as humans. Why we are stuck in, you've heard me say this a million times, dualism. Why we are stuck in this place where we seem to be forced uh, to to pick sides, even in the simplest thing, even if it doesn't have anything to do 
with right or wrong. We have to um, let the external world define us for some reason. And I want to talk about really how we have not chosen people to help us expand our consciousness. As a matter of fact, uh, often we are sent by the universe people who are meant to move us to the next place of thinking, the next place of being as humans. And unfortunately, more often than not, we consider them lunatics or heretics uh, and we often do away with them as, as a human race. Uh, history is, is replete with people who have invited us to a new way of thinking and have been rejected. Uh, Jesus, Gandhi, you hear me talk about Martin Luther King all the time. Uh, these are people that really, I believe, invited us to a new way of being human. Now, history is full of people who have invited us to a new way of thinking about being human. Uh, you know, there are all sorts of, of political thinkers and philosophers that have invited us to a new way of thinking. Uh, Schopenhauer, Nietzsche, Marx, you know, uh, Thomas Jefferson... All of these people have injected uh, theories that have helped us uh, or hindered us, if you, depending on how you think, uh, think about what it means to, to be who we are already. However, I'm talking about people who invited us to a transformation, uh, who have asked us to think beyond even what those thinkers have asked of us to think about being a different kind of human, not thinking differently about being the humans we are, but being a different kind of human being. Uh, and I believe there are those people who have been sent uh, by the universe, however that works. Uh, some of them are probably present now. Uh, there have been those who uh, we know about, those people we've mentioned uh, that have invited us to a new way of being human. Uh, I think one of the reasons we don't uh, hear as much about them as we do people like Thomas Jefferson or Karl Marx is because they don't have to necessarily be out in public or in front to make the change they need to make. I also will say this. I think that those people... Uh, hesitate to be out in front, again, because of the example uh, of those who have tried to do this, tried to make humans, tried to help humans, tried to facilitate humanity into an, another place. And as I said, often they are shunned, hated, ridiculed, and even executed because what they're saying when they say, love everybody, uh, love your enemy, turn the other cheek, to quote Jesus. Uh, an eye for an eye leaves everyone blind, to quote Gandhi. Uh, if uh, we don't free everyone, then no one is free to, to uh, 
poorly quote Dr. King when we offer these remedies for all people, uh, they are silenced because it challenges the fundamental notion of your opinion about the world. And so I want to talk about how we find those people, how we find those people in us, because I believe at at the core of our being is a notion, is a knowledge that these people like Jesus, like Gandhi, uh, like Buddha, uh, these people like Lao Tzu, uh, the founder of of Taoism, that these people uh, really are telling the truth. And if we can get beyond our own prejudice, one way or the other, if we can get beyond our own hatred, one way or the other, if we even get beyond our own opinion, even if our opinion seems right and just, that we will find a new way of being human. We know it's in there somewhere. So let me, uh, let me tell you, we have become, and I, I believe we've become, disconnected from that, that still small voice and that inner intuitive notion, that inner uh, voice of the universe, of God, of the spirit, of, of the truth, of the energy of the universe, that, that energy of love that is calling us to transformation. We have become disconnected by that, by our way of thinking, by our way of overthinking. Uh, we in the West have become people of reason. And if it doesn't seem reasonable, we, we, we eject it. We get rid of it. When Jesus will say, love your enemy, that's not a reasonable thing to say to a human being. How can a human do that? History is full of those moments too, folks, when, when that reason seems to kick in, that, that thinking more than listening, that ignoring that deep intuitive voice uh, kicks in and, and we see it uh, really sweep aside the truth of who we are as human beings. Uh, for instance, I've been watching a lot of, of documentaries about the civil rights movement. And if you know anything about the civil rights movement, you will know that Dr. King, uh, when uh, oh, 60, 1966, 67, uh, up until his death in 1968, he was sort of being pushed aside because people could not grasp what he was saying. And people began to listen to those more reasoned, in human terms, those more reasoned voices that we have to fight, that we have to take up arms, that very human notion that if you want something, you need to go take it and grab it. And it's a very human thing. That's not a judgment. It's a very human trait to not be able to grasp something beyond ourselves. Uh, So uh, I think a lot of people don't understand that, that he was actually being marginalized in the civil rights movement. I myself could see it happen in uh, the denomination in the Christian faith that I worked in for 20 years. That when people who uh, would be speaking about universal transformation would come along, they would quickly be shown the door. And when people who could simply do something as simple or as complicated, if you will, as get a master's degree... They were the ones told that they were the real leaders, that 
that they were told that they were the elder of the tribe or the shaman of the tribe simply by being able to reason, by being able to preserve what already is, that's what determined who could lead, who could lead the, the tribe, if you will. And what happens when we do that, what happens when we ignore the deep intuitive people and look for the more reasoned people in human terms, what happens is we become about preservation and not about transformation. And folks, we're back to that thing, that deep need that humans have to not accept change. That's really what it comes down to. Anyone who can really affect change, anyone really inviting to a new paradigm, uh, be it in business or in religion, uh, in, in anything, is marginalized and quieted, told that they're troublemakers. Uh, I will say this out of a deep sense of uh, frustration and gratitude, that I have seen the church uh, promote leadership. I've seen all religious institutions really do this. All religious institutions promote leadership that comes from a book rather than the heart. And I have always said that we need to recapture to some degree that indigenous sense of creating leadership, of, of raising up leaders that speak from the heart and not the head. Or at the very least, there needs to be a balance between the heart, the soul, the intuition, and the intellect, the thinking, and the brain. But it is easier to quantify the brain. It's easier to quantify reason. It's easier to quantify thought. If you can pass a test, X, Y, and Z, then you're in, then you're good. And, and it makes it very easy to find leaders, to find people who, who will take responsibility. Unfortunately, uh, often because those people have become disconnected from their heart, we find leadership that can't lead. We find leadership that might be able to think, maybe, but not lead to the next paradigmatic change that can't lead us to the next place of being human. And what we need right now, folks, in religion, in politics, in business, in this world, is people who can think with not only their head and be well-read and, and even educated, but can think with their heart and their soul, and their deep intuitive voice. We need the real shaman, the real chiefs, uh, the real priestesses of the tribe to step forward. And they are rare. And it is frightening for them to step forward because, as I have said, when they do, they are ridiculed, marginalized, and criticized to a point where their energy breaks down. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I would simply ask you to think about that. How much of, of that intuitive sense, how much are you really listening to the universe and not your own head? How much are you ignoring the call for you to be that transformational leader? And is it a fear? Is it a fear of change that keeps you from going to that place? I hope this makes sense. It's, it's, 
it's something I've wanted to share for a long time. It's something that I have seen transpire for a long time. I have seen communities, uh, both religious communities and social communities, uh, businesses wrecked because they lack the ability to at least find balance between the head and the heart, between the intuitive sense of right or wrong and the reasoned sense of right or wrong. Right now, brothers and sisters, our society and all components of it is living out of its head. And I'm going to tell you, it's easy, it's easy to convince yourself of a falsehood unless you're really in tune with the heart, the soul, and the intuition. Uh, take care. I hope this was useful. And I thank you for listening. And please always remember that you are cared for more than you can imagine. Take care, my friends. We will talk to you later.